This episode of Hitting Play is brought to you by this 8-second tribute. Ground control to Major Tom. Ground... Hello and welcome to Hitting Play, the podcast where we review, analyze, and discuss shows, movies, and other curiosities. I am Scott. And joining me is the Duchess of Massachusetts, Princess Lily Minecraft YouTube on Nintendo. Yeah! Welcome to the <laughs> podcast! Ugh. <laughs> uh. Well, this week we watched one of the most acclaimed comedies of the last decade, and really of all time, 30 Rock. Uh, more specifically, we watched the 12th episode of the first season entitled Black Tie. Uh, this was a great introduction to this show. As is the common theme, um, I wasn't familiar with this show before. Uh, actually, I suggested that we do this for the podcast, because I'm like... It's about time I watched this show because I've heard so much yes. about it. <laughs> and uh, this this was, of course, I watched the pilot episode first just to give me a little bit of background. <laughs> what a great introduction. <laughs> <laughs> this is a fun one. This really is. Now, just to give you some background about the series, in 2002, Tina Fey, you know, she was the head writer of Saturday Night Live. And she, at the time, pitched a sitcom to NBC and her pitch was a like a sitcom about a cable news network. And Kevin Riley, who was the NBC Entertainment president, he felt that it would be better if she kind of tuned the concept to fit what she knows best. You know, her experiences at Saturday Night Live. And once those changes were made, it actually was set to air in 2005. And the plans were almost scrapped because there, there was actually a couple of executives that worried about what Tina Fey's absence would do to Saturday Night Live. You know, they didn't want to lose her, you know, especially with her at the helm, it was going very good. But eventually they backed down, and she signed a deal to stay also at Saturday Night Live through at least the 2004-2005 broadcast season while she was developing the show uh, for Lauren Michaels' production company, by the way, who, you know, runs Saturday Night Live. And that is uh, Broadway Video. You see that logo at the end of the episode. And uh, it, it made its debut October 11th, 2006. It ran for seven great seasons, uh, winning the Emmy Award for Outstanding Comedy Series in 2007, 2008, and 2009. And it was nominated for Outstanding Comedy Series every other season it aired. Man, it seems everything Tina Fey touches turns to gold. It's true. It really is. She's such a great writer and, uh, and of course, such a funny actress in this series. Oh, yeah. And most notably, 2009, it was nominated for 22 Emmys. It's the most ever in a single year for a comedy series. Man. Just a, It was just a, an awards juggernaut, but unfortunately not a ratings juggernaut. Despite all of these awards, it always had trouble getting good ratings. And of course, Lily, you did not help. Not watching it. <laughs> well, you know, I can't anymore. <laughs> with the with the um, cable cutting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the way things are going now. Yep, just more more affordable. Now, uh, speaking about bad ratings, we know this episode as Black Tie, but to the production crew, 
it was actually called Goodbye America, because during the filming of this episode, they thought the show could, you know, very well get canceled. Was this just because of how... Oh, probably the ratings, right? It was all, yeah, mostly because of the ratings, because it was just, uh, it was hilarious. You know, it was, you could tell the production quality, uh, everything from top to bottom, big names. It, it really didn't make sense, but people weren't watching. I wonder why that is. I mean, to me, when I, I wouldn't really correlate 30 Rock to what the series is about. Maybe it's like a, a misbrand of the, the name of the show. Because to me, like, 30 Rock has no no bearing. Yeah, you know, the name of the studio, or the, the location of the studio, really. Yeah. Now, I don't know if you remember this, but oddly enough, at the same time that 30 Rock was airing on NBC, ABC was also airing a sitcom without a laugh track about someone in charge of a weekly live comedy sketch show. And that also had a number in the title, which confused it even more. That was called Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. It was Aaron Sorkin's show starring Matthew Perry. Mm. So I don't know about you, but like with me at that time, I'm like, these are two shows, like before I even saw 30 Rock, I'm like, these are two shows that are about the same thing. Which one is the better one? Of course, we find out now which one won out. But some people liked uh, Studio 60. Uh, I didn't, I, from what I saw of it, I really didn't care for it. If you're into Aaron Sorkin stuff, you know, it's, it's pretty much that kind of thing. Ah, yeah. Before I mentioned 30 Rock, I didn't even, I didn't even know what it was about. And if I had known what it was about, I don't think I would be any more inclined to watch it. I don't know. The, Mm -hmm. the concept doesn't seem very intriguing to me, but having watched it, I'm glad that I did because it's definitely intriguing and engaging. Oh, yeah. It's like, you know, like when we started watching Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt for the uh, podcast as well. Yeah. A couple months back. It's it's nonstop jokes. Oh, my God. It's the same writing style and everything. So, I mean, it's really uh, almost a predecessor to, to that show. Very, very similar in tone. Yes. Now, the episode we watched, Black Tie, it was written by Tina Fey and Kay Cannon. It was directed by Don Scardino, and it aired on NBC February 1st, 2007. And uh, for Mystery Science Theater 3000 fans, you may know Don Scardino as the young man from the radioactive earthworm movie, Squirm. <laughs> he, uh, he taught me what an egg cream was when he ordered it in one of the scenes in that movie. Oh, okay. I was like, oh, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, chocolate soda, evidently. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to watch the episode of Mystery Science Theater. All right. all right so there's a lot going on in this episode so let's get right into it we open with a shot of the statue in front of 30 rockefeller center in new york and inside we see liz lemon played of course by tina fey and frank rossitano played by judah friedlander along with josh gerard who's played by lonnie ross he's one of like the players on the sketch show and uh, they're on the set of the show tgs with tracy jordan That's the name of the show. (laughs) Now, earlier in the season, uh, I think maybe even as far as back as the pilot, the show was called The Girly Show. It was a struggling sketch comedy show. But Tracy Jordan, which is Tracy Morgan's character, was brought onto the cast and supposedly in his deal was that his name be prominently featured in the title. So from the rest of the series on, the show is just called TGS with Tracy Jordan. It's pretty funny. (laughs) Man. It's funny how in in shows when they're failing or just in general, they try to stick a big name in there to 
grab people's attention. Yeah. It's almost like uh, naming rights, like he's a sponsor or something. Yeah. <laughs> now, in this scene, they're, they're in the middle of some type of yo mama joke battle. <laughs> yeah. Do you know that there was a TV show that was just entirely uh, dudes dissing each other with yo mama jokes? In there? Unfortunately, I do know. <laughs> 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 yes. What was that? Was that just called Yo Mama or yeah, something? Yeah, it was. It was called Yo Mama. Oh, very creative. Yeah. <laughs> Highbrow. Yep. It's just sophisticated. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, in this battle, I think Josh is saying something like, your mama's so stupid, she thinks iMac is a new hamburger at McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Liz steps up. She says something uh, a little more vulgar than that. And uh, while she's in the middle of delivering this joke, we see NBC executive Jack Donahue, played by, of course, Alec Baldwin. He calls her away. He tells her that his friend Gerhard Habsburg is throwing himself a birthday party at the Pierre Hotel that night. And he asks Liz to accompany him. And he explains to Liz that Prince Gerhard Habsburg is the last male descendant of the Imperial House of Habsburg. And uh, this evidently is going to be the social event of the season. You know, because people that invent three-way cooking ovens get invited to these sorts of things. That's right. <laughs> Makes them very <laughs> important people. <laughs> <laughs> And Liz now is kind of reluctant. She doesn't like the idea of having to wear high-heeled shoes. You know, this is very much in character for Liz Lemon. And Jack tells her it's a good way of her to get over, you know, her relationship with Dennis. Dennis uh, comes in and out of the series all through, you know, throughout the, the, the show. He's really a great character. R just a jerk of an ex-boyfriend. He figured she'll be able to spend some time with a different class of people. It's... When Jack says this, Liz turns around and the camera cuts back to Josh and Frank. And I don't know what they're doing. They're just squirting bottles of water at each other's crotches. <laughs> it's like, I don't know how the Yo Mama joke battle devolved into that. But uh, Liz agrees with Jack after seeing that. Now, I do notice that Frank's trucker hat uh, reads high score on it. Is that yes. like a running gag through the show for his hat to say something different in every episode? Yes. In fact, I think that's a, a Judah Friedlander running gag uh, just for him as a comedian that his hat says something different all the time. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's pretty funny that that carried on into his character on the show. <laughs> Most often it's world champion Judah Friedlander. <laughs> so now we cut to the opening sequence. And uh, in this opening sequence, we see images of NBC Studios, 30 Rockefeller Center, pictures of the surrounding area. And we get this upbeat, jazzy music that takes place also throughout the show. And uh, this music is actually done by Jeff Richmond, who's Tina Fey's husband. Oh, cool. He sometimes also appears on the show. You know, all the transition music, that's all him. And uh, really adds to the mood and the tone of the show. It's, it's really good. It keeps the show moving, too. Absolutely. Music's incredibly important for any sort of pacing or immersion. Yeah, totally. Now, we cut back to the set of... TGS with Tracy Jordan at 30 Rock, where Pete Hornberger, played by Scott Adsit, is getting a phone call from his wife that there is some trouble at home. And as Pete is talking, Tracy Jordan is trying to talk to him, but Pete is busy doing an impression of Elmo for his son, <laughs> <laughs> telling Caleb to aim his pee-pee at the potty. <laughs> oh, that was awesome. I just love Tracy's face while Pete's trying to do this impression. Oh, I love the variety in the 
impression, like his as his voice uh, shows more and more emotion. The <laughs> <laughs> Tracy is uh, getting sick of waiting for Pete, and he hangs up the phone. And he asks Pete where his spinal cord is. And Pete tries to explain that his wife is away visiting her folks. And this leads Tracy to tell Pete that his wife is a Delilah. He tells Pete that there's two types of women in the world. One who gives you strength and one who takes strength from you. And the latter he refers to as a Delilah, as in the woman that took the strength from Samson in that movie, as Tracy says. (laughs) It's weird that he would be referencing a movie from 1949. Just randomly yes. off the top of his head. Yes, it's not the Bible that he remembers. It's the movie from the 40s. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, Tracy's character in this is uh, is hilarious and just uh, completely off the wall. Just uh, a great character. Oh, yeah. So as Tracy sits down and he's getting this back rub from some lady, he tells Pete, you know, his wife gives him strength and that's why she's so special. And Pete replies by saying that, you know, he actually hasn't met his wife and extends his hand to greet the lady that's massaging Tracy, presuming that's his wife. And Tracy tells him, that's not my wife, and orders the lady to go bring him a fizzy water. <laughs> it's like, Tracy always has this entourage of people around him. Oh, man. What a scum. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, there's, there's definitely this sleazy element to uh, Tracy's character. And uh, after this lady leaves, we see Tracy gets up close to Pete and tells him that he loves his wife. He loves his wife so much that he goes to the strip club eight times a week so he can gain energy, which he brings back to her. And uh, he goes on to explain that his wife loves when he does this and she's not jealous because it makes them strong. You know, like a Samson. (laughs) Like a Samson. (laughs) Was that like a popular movie? I I don't know. Or was it just some random one that... It's just some random reference that Tracy is fixated on for this episode. Oh my god. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, at this point, Kenneth the Page, played by Jack McBrayer, another hilarious character in this series, he walks in and and Tracy shoves him to the couch, yelling, Samson! Just to prove how strong he is. And I love Kenneth's expression here. He just smiles and, uh, in fact, compliments the shove. Yeah, yeah. Excellent shove, sir. (laughs) I love Kenneth. (laughs) Yeah, he's so great. Now, we next cut to Liz unsuccessfully trying on a red dress at the show's wardrobe department. And Jenna Maroney, played by Jane Krakowski, who's also, you know, the the former star of the girly show. You know, now she's kind of like second billing behind Tracy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jenna walks over. She's very impressed, asking what it's for. And uh, Liz tells her that it's for a birthday party for a prince. And Jenna asks, you mean like a dog birthday party? (laughs) And Liz is like struggling with this dress. And as they're talking, we just see some wardrobe department assistant just kind of like steps over and turns Liz's dress 180 degrees on her. (laughs) Yeah, just casually has the entire dress on backwards. (laughs) It's like that fixed things. So Jenna loves fame and attention and everything. So she's like begging Liz to bring her to the party. It's always been her dream to meet and marry a a prince, like a modern day Cinderella story. And Liz says, you know, maybe she's the Cinderella this time. But Jenna corrects her, telling her that Cinderella's blonde and Liz can be Snow White and party with the little people. (laughs) Brilliant, brilliant joke. And slamming her best friend. Yeah. Thinks nothing of cutting someone down. 
She's so funny. She plays the same kind of character in uh, Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah, yeah, that's true. She's also in that show too. Yep. Yeah, very, uh, very shallow characters she plays, and she does it so well. Oh yeah, great actress. Now Liz tells her that she can't bring her as her plus one because Jack is actually bringing her, but assures her that it's not a real date. And just then, Jack walks over and presents Liz with a diamond necklace in a box. And as Liz reaches for it, Jack kind of snaps down the lid, a la Richard Gere and Pretty Woman. Mm -hmm. But instead of uh, ending up like the movie, here he ends up hurting Liz's hand. And she's like asking, like, who does that? (laughs) (laughs) Which is pretty reasonable if someone slams a, a box shut on your fingers. Yeah, if you ever seen that that uh, clip from Pretty Woman, like Julia Roberts' character is like you know, laughing. Yeah. But it is a pretty strange act. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it, it, this is early enough in the series where people are like, well, will there be some romance between Liz Lemon and Jack Donahue? You know, will you know will they end up being in a relationship? Won't they? And you know, this was we we know of course as the series goes along, there's no chance, and which which is good. I. You wouldn't want to see those two characters end up together. Yeah, they're too uh, too vastly different. Yeah, you know, and they 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 work well as good friends that support each other. But this is early enough where it's like, oh, I don't know where these characters are going at this point. And Liz isn't sure, as we see. Right. She's too busy worrying about whether or not it's a date after Jenna brings up, hey, this is a date, you know. He brought yeah. you a necklace. <laughs> right, right. So Jack tells Liz that they're leaving at 7, and as he leaves the room, Jenna tells Liz that this is definitely a date. And like you said, now Liz is kind of like, oh, okay, is it? So we next cut to that night at the Pierre Hotel where the Habsburg party is being held. And just a side note, we we see the exterior shot here, and that is the St. Regis Hotel in New York. So now inside, Liz hands off her green fleece jacket to be checked. And walks very carefully and awkwardly down the steps. <laughs> Jack gets them glasses of champagne and is about to make a toast to the two of them when Liz just decides to ask outright if this is a date. Which is and... a good direct approach. Sure. And Jack just laughs, you know, in her face and explains to Liz that, you know, he dates socialites and models and actresses. Liz Hurley in the 90s. He thinks it's very funny that she even thought it was actually a real date. And as they continue to walk through the crowd of people at this party, Jack now even rubs it in further that, you know, by pointing out all of the attractive women that he's dated over the years, as well as the father of one of the women he dated that summer, (laughs) (laughs) we see that uh, Jack gets around with the socialite class. Yeah, which is also a scummy thing. There's a lot of scumminess in this episode. Yeah, there is. There definitely is. So now back at 30 Rock, we see Pete is trying to work hard at his desk when Tracy enters his office with his huge entourage, including the characters Grizz and Dotcom, which are very funny. Uh, we don't really get much of their characters in this episode, but they're they're always great. <laughs> Tracy tells him, tonight they will celebrate their bodies and their minds. <laughs> so strange. So Dotcom is holding this huge boombox. And on Tracy's cue, he begins to play music, and everyone just starts dancing, and Pete just, you know, looks up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Poor guy's trying to do his work, and just Tracy brings in a party. <laughs> now, back at the, the hotel party, Liz is having a very hard time walking on high heels, and she discovers Jenna snuck in. You know, Jenna tells her, hey, you know, if you dress well, enter with confidence, you can get in anywhere. <laughs> 
But, of course, Liz doesn't buy it and asks her if she showed her boobs to the security guard. <laughs> and Jenna, Jenna replies, just one. It's not the White House. <laughs> uh. Oh, man. So Liz tells Jenna that she was wrong about the whole thing about being a date with Jack, and she made a fool of herself in front of him. Jenna apologizes, telling Liz that she'll have him executed when she becomes Queen of Australia. <laughs> <laughs> no, Austria. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> All she knows is there's going to be a prince, and she's determined to be the next Cinderella. <laughs> wow. There you go. Disney movies creating a great role model for these young young girls. Right. Completely disillusioned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so just then we hear horns and there's all kinds of fanfare and there's a man at the top of the stairs, played by Will Forte, by the way, mm-hmm. who, uh, who also plays a character that uh, Jenna dates later on in the series. But, uh, you know, these are two separate characters played by the same guy. Oh, he's and, great, uh, though. Oh, it's hilarious. Yeah, this is a great role. And uh, he's like the assistant to the prince. He announces, His Royal Highness, Duke of Thuringia, Earl of the Duchy of Westphalia, Prince Gerhard Messerschmitt Rammstein von Hopp. <laughs> now, just breaking down this name, Thuringia is a central German state. Uh, Westphalia, or Westfalen, was a province of northwestern Germany. You've probably heard of it in history class because the, the Treaty of Westphalia was this famous document that was signed in 1648, ending the Thirty Years' War. Messerschmitt was the type of aircraft flown by the Luftwaffe. Rammstein is a German industrial rock band. <laughs> and, uh, the House of Habsburg was actually a real thing. Habsburg or Habsburg, it was one of the ruling dynasties of Central Europe from medieval times all the way to the collapse of Austria-Hungary in 1918. Oh, man. So evidently he's still from that line. (laughs) (laughs) So everybody at the announcement, they're applauding as a very unique individual is wheeled out in front of the crowd. And Lily, how would you describe the prince? Um, (laughs) you're just going to put me on the spot like that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, he is a, he's in a a wheelchair. Um, This young gentleman has a bowl cut, very prominent bowl cut. And teeth that kind of are a little askew. Um, <laughs> a little? Uh, very askew. <laughs> One of his hands is a small porcelain doll's hand. Um, his legs... His knee is about three quarters of the way down his leg. With two feet that are probably not the same size, but they're very small, small feet, um, and very pale in complexion. Very, very pale. Yes. He's also quite loud. Yes. Yes. Nah, not not doesn't speak with an even dynamic. <laughs> that that would be my description of the our our prince here. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you paint a very accurate depiction. He's uh, he's wearing uh, some sort of ceremonial, you know, uniform like you'd see royalty wear in, in some sort of ceremony. He has a sash, I believe. Yeah. And uh, his wheelchair is like an antique wheelchair. It, you know, big black metal wheels, and it's wicker. Mm-hmm. I just love the the legs uh, are like fabric almost. 
<laughs> I mean, this this Gerhardt is played by Paul Rubens, who best known as Pee Wee Herman. He does an excellent job. <laughs> it is just absolutely hilarious. <laughs> and I love how he's kind of crouched. You know, Paul Rubens himself is kind of crouched into this wheelchair with these fake legs dangling in front. <laughs> it's just, it's so funny. Oh, it's my birthday! <laughs> <laughs> So Gerhard now thanks all of his dear friends for coming to his birthday party with this, like you said, it's a strange voice. It's almost like a sad hollering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's that's a perfect description of what he sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> we, we get the sense that genetically there's not a lot correct going on with Gerhard. He has a lot of health issues. Yeah. Poor, poor guy. Yes. So we next see Gerhard check the watch on his ivory hand or porcelain hand, whatever this thing is. And he's bragging to Jack that it's 745 and he's still awake. <laughs> Man. Jack kind of like as an aside to Liz says that, you know, most people in Gerhard's situation would be angry with their family for the centuries of inbreeding. But he's too busy trying to stave off infection. It's <laughs> <laughs> <is> pretty revolting. <laughs> it's pretty bad, yeah. <laughs> So as Jack finishes these words, he's surprised to see his ex-wife Bianca, played by Isabella Rossellini, and she enters the room. Bianca introduces her fiancé to the two of them, and Jack introduces Liz as his live-in girlfriend, Lemon. <laughs> so everyone kind of just awkwardly smiles and stands there for a little bit as we cut to commercial. Now when we return, Bianca is very interested in finding out how Jack and Liz met. Liz tells her that, you know, they met through this Big Brother Little Sister program. <laughs> <laughs> and Bianca congratulates Jack, or John as she calls him, on having a sharper girl than the last one, who we find out was Beyonce. <laughs> it's like Jack had a fling with every famous lady, it seems. Again, I don't understand how inventing a three-way cooking oven puts you this high where you can automatically date singers and movie stars and yeah all the single ladies yeah all the single ladies all the single ladies <laughs> all the single ladies but uh he didn't put a ring on it i guess <laughs> evidently not that's not jack style <laughs> only once and that was bianca <laughs> so bianca just laughs her off and tells jack to hold on to liz because she's a keeper and Liz is, you know, playing along with Jack's ruse, but resents his earlier comments saying that it wasn't a date. And Jack thanks her for not embarrassing him in front of Bianca. <laughs> so now cutting over to the other side of the room at Jenna's table, Prince Gerhardt's assistant Tomas, that's Will Forte, tells her that the prince is quite taken with her <laughs> and requests that she dines with him at his table. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now what happens at this point? Gerhardt leans over in his chair and um, shuts both eyes and squints and opens them unevenly, not at the same time. And apparently it's his his wink. And you know what? I mean, if you want to learn how to attract women, study, study this. <laughs> He's attempting to wink at you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It was like a whole body thing when he was trying it. His whole body lurched forward to try to do this yes. wink. 
absolutely hilarious. You can imagine all of the energy it took him to do this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we next cut to the bathroom where Jenna runs into Liz and asks for some advice on dealing with the prince's advancements. Liz tells her that the window does not open. She already tried. And uh, she's surprised that Jenna's even considering a potential relationship with the prince. You know, even at this point, knowing what his deal is, shall we say. And Jenna goes on to say to Liz that she's always reminded herself of Grace Kelly. And with the possibility of the show ending at any time, she has no skills whatsoever to fall back on. Grace (laughs) Kelly, of course, was the actress that became the Princess of Monaco. But it's just so funny that Jenna reminds herself of this princess. (laughs) (laughs) So Liz reminds Jenna that Gerhardt really can't take care of anybody. But Jenna feels as though, you know, she can get past his looks due to her training as an actress. (laughs) And that being in a relationship with him would be her greatest role of all time. So, so sad. (laughs) Such a healthy foundation for this (laughs) this relationship she wants to get into. Yeah. Oh my god. So at this point, Jenna is just so determined to go for it that there's really nothing Liz can say to dissuade her. In fact, at this point of the discussion, she's not even listening to Liz. Liz even says, poop, monkey butt. And Jenna (laughs) replies by saying, no, you're a good friend. Yeah. (laughs) Right, I should go for it. (laughs) Oh man. The smile on Tina Fey's face right there is like priceless. (laughs) so now back at the offices at 30 rock tracy and his entourage they're still hanging out in pete's office Uh, one lady named supersize is sitting on (laughs) pete's desk and distracting him from his work tracy tells supersize to take care of pete because he saved his life in desert storm when their tank broke down and he killed 14 germans so they could get out of there (laughs) there are so many things with that that are incorrect (laughs) Pete clarifies, no, he's just a producer. And, of course, that little bit of information interests another lady in Tracy's entourage, who evidently played a scientist in the movie Secret Touchings. (laughs) So as she continues to sit on Pete's lap and, and try to butter him up, Kenneth the page walks in and just remarks at how shocking this scene is to him. And Tracy just, you know, tells him, mind your own business. Yeah, Kenneth is like the angel... On uh, Pete's shoulder. Yes, we'll, we'll see that definitely come into play a little little further into the episode. Yes. So back at the prince's birthday, Jack and Liz meet up at the bar, and Jack is still quite smitten with his ex, Bianca, and Liz takes this opportunity to ask about their relationship, and Jack tells her that he just could not keep up with her on any level. He reveals that she left him because he was never enough for her, so now in relationships, he just keeps it simple, with nothing but endless, meaningless one-night stands, with a carousel of super-hot women that he could not care less about. And to which Liz replies, oh, poor you. (laughs) (laughs) And and Jack is just kind of looking over, he's seeing Bianca dancing, remarking to Liz that she just keeps getting better and better, and seeing her so happy and normal just makes him crazy. Liz tells Jack to, you know, just get over her. And so, to avoid running into Bianca, Liz invites Jack to dance to a fast song. (laughs) And when she starts dancing, Jack goes, all right, Jackie Chan. (laughs) (laughs) That was great. Yes. 
So now we cut back to Gerhardt at his table, where he's caressing Jenna's face with his prosthetic little hand. And he's saying, oh, my dear Jenna, you are exquisite. (laughs) Just not being able to moderate his volume at all. Oh, man. It looks like something out of a horror movie. (laughs) It is quite frightening. Now, Jenna invites Gerhardt to dance, but he refuses, saying, Sadly, because my body does not produce joint fluid, I cannot. But I would enjoy watching you dance for me. (laughs) (laughs) So, we get this very strange sequence next, where Jenna plays along, she agrees, and she stands up and starts dancing. And Gerhardt yells to her, Jazz! And she begins, like, jazz dancing, like almost like a flapper. Then he yells, tap! Then she starts tap dancing. And then he he just yells all these dance styles in rapid succession. Says like, Jitterbug! Charleston! Interpretive! Interpretive's my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) And then he says, twirl! And evidently that was the one he really enjoyed the most. Because then he just keeps saying, twirl! 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 Hopefully Jenna doesn't vomit after all that twirling. (laughs) Very strange scene, but she's willing to humiliate herself out on the dance floor because, you know, that might get her that much closer to being a real-life princess. (laughs) Yep, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) So back at 30 Rock, Pete is starting to have a very good time. He's dancing and and drinking with Vicky, who is the actress that he just met, and uh, now the party is in the writer's room. And Kenneth comes back and tries to talk some sense into Pete, reminding him that he is a married man. You know, Kenneth is like really the moral center of the show. Yes. And he's telling Kenneth, you know, he's not doing anything wrong. He's just dancing. (laughs) Kenneth now replies by telling him the cautionary tale of Footloose, where the evil kids won in the end. (laughs) And he tells Pete that he's going to make a mistake. I just love uh, Kenneth's alternate perception of the the movie Footloose. (laughs) (laughs) But as much as Kenneth is trying to warn him, saying things like, remember your vows, you know, Tracy's in Pete's other ear, trying to encourage him by saying such things as, lick her face. Yeah, (laughs) lick her face. (laughs) So strange. Now, with the both of them yelling, Pete tells both of them to calm down, saying he just wants to have fun for, like, the first time in ten years. And uh, that's kind of a red flag if you're not allowed to have fun in your marriage. Right, right. Maybe these are some... uh, Deeper problems, Pete. You should reflect on them. Yes. But as we'll see later on in the series, Pete is very much in love with his wife. But uh, anyway, uh, back at the birthday party, Tomas makes the announcement that it is now time for the cake. And so Jenna accompanies Gerhardt to the center of the dance floor, where there's a cake in the shape of a castle waiting for him. And as they approach, Jenna notices that it has a large 25 on it. <laughs> You're 25? <laughs> he says, yeah, can you believe it? Finally old enough to rent a car. <laughs> Which I don't know how he would drive. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> With those dangly, <laughs> oddly bent legs. Yeah, he's not pushing pedals with those legs. Yeah, no. Or driving with that hand. Yeah, or driving matter. with that hand. <laughs> Then, uh, after singing Happy Birthday in German, Gerhard attempts to blow out the candles. Uh, during this, we also see Jack and Liz have a conversation in German. Yeah. Kind of interesting. Very interesting. 
um, where Jack asks Liz if she speaks German, and she's like, yeah, it's the most beautiful language in the world. Here's where the German starts to get a little hairy. Jack asks if Jenna and Gerhard are together, and Liz says this obnoxious string of nonsensical German words to just mean <laughs> to say, where the subtitles say that she says yes, but that's not the case. Kind of goes off the rails a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so back at 30 Rock now, Vicky approaches Pete in the men's bathroom, and she begins to undress, and Pete remarks how smooth she is. <laughs> But just at that moment, here's this angel moment, Kenneth pokes his head through an air vent and warns him that he's about to make the biggest mistake of his life. Yeah. There's actually a goof in uh, this scene where as Pete goes into the men's room, Kenneth is heard banging on the door saying, don't do it. But in the later scenes where you see the interaction between him and this girl, the door is open behind him. Oh, okay. Huh. So now with Kenneth poking his head through one vent, we see Tracy poking his head through another air vent nearby. And, uh, you know, Pete assumes that Tracy is just there to egg him on. And it seems as though they're setting up this scene in which they're going to play the devil and angel on Pete's shoulders at that moment. Especially since Tracy's air vent seems to be filled with red light and Kenneth's seems to be filled with like this light blue light. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but no, Tracy replies he's just looking for the lobby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only reason why he's there. Yeah, in an air vent. But uh, eventually it does end up playing out like this with Tracy and Kenneth going back and forth, trying to help Pete make a decision. And uh, yeah, just great directing here because, you know, as, as Pete's standing there, we see Kenneth's face literally over one shoulder, Tracy's face literally over the other, and uh, both trying to draw him to their side. So, yeah, really great. So finally, Pete comes to a realization and apologizes to Vicky, telling her he cannot do this and that he loves his wife. And we just see Kenneth gloating, just smiling, that goofy smile. Yeah, Kenneth. Kenneth is great. And Pete tells Tracy that his wife is not a Delilah and leaves the men's room with Vicky sitting there sadly on the sink counter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she'll just sit there and mope in the men's bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, she did not get the meeting with the producer that she hoped for. Not really that Pete could do much for her. Yeah. You know, wor just working on this sketch show. But she was looking for an in in the business, it seems. So back at the birthday party, Liz orders a water at the bar, and Bianca approaches, asking Liz if she is going to marry Jack. You know, Liz still, you know, wants to help Jack out, and she continues to play along, saying that they've talked about it. But Bianca says that she can tell by the way that Jack looks at her that he is serious about her and that he will make her pregnant right away with a little late-in-life baby that he can parade around Nantucket. <laughs> <laughs> hey, which is uh, close to home. <laughs> yeah. By the way, have you been to Nantucket? Um, no, but I've heard things about it. <laughs> we live so close, but I've never been. Yeah, I've never been either. I used to know kids that would go there for hockey games all the time. Oh, yeah. But I've never been. I don't care to go. I'm not a big island person, even though yeah. I live on one. There's not much there, really. It's like oh. there's one main road, a center of town. Uh, there's restaurants and businesses that are super overpriced. Yeah. You know, considering, you know, who lives there? Regis Philbin, Lady Gaga, <laughs> Steven Spielberg or something. You know, it's like all these big celebrities, so they can afford it. But, you know, to the everyday schmo, it's like, oh, boy. It's yeah. Like, 
you know, everything's so overpriced. And the rest of it is like mansions and sand dunes. There's really not much you can do. Yeah, everyone knows everyone and there are no chain stores. No Best Buy? No Best Buy. I would get a lot of customers <laughs> that would be like, yeah, well, I need it right now because I'll have to take a ferry over. Yeah, you're so dependent on the, the ferry services when you live there, too. Yeah. Or private jet. Or private jet, yeah, you know. Mostly the private jet. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to the episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just so people know what, what Nantucket is really like, especially to us. Yeah. <laughs> that are natives here. <laughs> yeah. Natives yet have never gone to Nantucket. But we, we know, <laughs> we could tell you all about it. We've never been That's there. That's true. But... That's true. I've seen the boat many times. <laughs> yeah. So... At first, now, you know, it seems Bianca is very happy with the thought of this, but then reveals that the whole thing makes her want to vomit. Like a really big turn here in Bianca's character. She reveals to Liz that, you know, she's fine with Jack dating models because she knows eventually they're just going to leave him. But someone like Liz can actually make him happy. And that makes her so upset, she actually describes it as uh, it making her want to sit on a knife. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which does not sound like a very pleasant experience. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> You'd have to be pretty angry to want to sit on a knife. <laughs> or just completely insane. <laughs> that too. We get a quick cut here to Gerhard and Jenna, where Gerhard remarks that their new relationship is like something out of a fairy tale. Jenna replies, almost, and quickly drinks the rest of her champagne. (laughs) Yeah, just downs the rest of it. (laughs) So cutting now back to Liz, we find her running over to find Jack so she can reveal the good news. Bianca is neither normal nor happy. And, you know, Jack kind of laughs it off. He appreciates what he thinks is Liz trying to spare his feelings. But Liz assures him, no, Bianca is not over him. Which is odd if you were the one to break up with somebody. Right, yeah. It's almost like um, Ron Swanson's ex-wife, Tammy. Oh, yes. Yes, another very complicated relationship. (laughs) (laughs) In a much different way. Yeah. Yeah. Both probably involving knives. Yeah, both, but yeah. (laughs) So Liz continues that Bianca was jealous of her and even crying about it. And at this point, Jack does not believe her at all, claiming that that is impossible. So, you know, she has to prove it to Jack that she's telling the truth. So what she does is she tells him that she's going to walk over to Bianca and reveal that Jack proposed to her. And she tells him just to see how red her face gets. So walking over to Bianca, Liz tells her that she's now engaged to Jack as Jack looks on from a distance. And uh, (laughs) all of a sudden, Bianca backhands Liz across the face. And not only that, she then tries to strangle her She rips out a piece of her hair and rips down the top half of her dress. All, like, in quick succession. Yeah. (laughs) Smashes a bottle. (laughs) Yes. Yes, just about to stab her with the the shards of bottle. (laughs) Class act. Yes, and Jack, you know, instead of running over to help, he he just looks on in glee saying, What do you know? (laughs) Yeah. And we cut to commercial. Great, great moment to cut. (laughs) Yeah, perfect. Now when we return, we open on the exterior shot of the hotel where everyone is now slow dancing on the ballroom floor. And cutting over to Gearhart's table, we see him declaring his love for Jenna, even though they just met. And uh, at this point, he asks if she loves him back. And Jenna smiles and just strains out a, 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and Gerhardt is just overjoyed by that confirmation, saying, Knowing I have the love of a beautiful woman has set me free. And he leans forward and his left eyebrow falls onto his slice of cake. See, now I knew this was coming, which, by the way, this whole thing was deeply disturbing. I'm just yes. going to say. <laughs> yes. um, but I could tell something was going to happen to his eyebrow because the makeup caked on underneath that fake eyebrow was so noticeable in this. Scene. Oh, really? Okay. See, I didn't even pick up on that. It was so, like, a different shade of color under his eyebrows. Like, what is going on? And then the <laughs> eyebrow fell off. And even still, you can see his eyebrow under the makeup with the eyebrow on the cake. Huh, okay. At this point, Gerhardt makes a toast to freedom and to them both. He drinks his champagne and bids Jenna goodbye, lying back in his chair. <laughs> Just head back. Gone. Yes. That's it. And Jenna's confused, wondering, you know, why did he say goodbye? And Tomas runs over, asking who let Gerhard drink champagne. It uh, Evidently, it's because uh, Gerhard cannot metabolize the grapes. That's why that's such an emergency. <laughs> okay, so here's my question. I know yes. the last episode I was in, I didn't ask a question. But if you could not metabolize one food... And let's be simple here. So, like, let's not be, like, a meal, like, a specific food ingredient. Okay. What would it be? Oh, boy. Okay. So, this would be a food that I would want to stay away from at all costs. Right. Or would I die, or would I just get sick, like, a lactose intolerance? No, no. You would You would be Gerhardt. You would just head back, gone. Hmm. All right. This may be too exotic, but I would say lobster. I hate lobster. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I could <laughs> I could go well without it and be fine. Yeah, and that's not like in a lot of stuff, so you'd be you'd be good. I think so. Like I hate onions. That was my first thing I was going to say, but then it's like, well, I like onion rings or sometimes people sneak onions into stuff. So like all of a sudden I have somebody's potato salad or something and I keel over not really knowing <laughs> what happened. Yeah. <laughs> Odds are no one's going to make it with lobster, so I think I'm pretty safe. Yeah. Anything that has lobster in it will definitely say lobster and be quite expensive, so. Yes, so that's fine with me. All right, what about you? Ah, uh, man. Well, I could just cheat and say gluten, which I wouldn't, I don't die from, but I do have the allergy. So I don't eat it anyway, but I gotta say something more interesting than that. I would say so. <laughs> yeah, you're like, you're not <laughs> copping out, really. Um, licorice. I hate licorice the worst okay okay that's uh that's that's good there's not much licorice out there no yeah it's mostly in candy yeah and uh which doesn't taste like can it just tastes like death to me so <laughs> might as well kill over when i eat it <laughs> <laughs> so no eating jelly beans in the dark and i think you'll be all set <laughs> yeah no jelly beans in the dark <laughs> well that's uh that was an interesting question lily yeah, I try to make them that way. <laughs> so cutting back to the scene here, we see Gerhardt has this disorder. He cannot metabolize grapes, and evidently with him, it's a deadly condition. And uh, I love here, Tomas calls for Dr. Spuchevin. I don't think you saw him at this point, Lily, if you just saw the pilot in this, but uh, Dr. Spuchevin is uh, Chris Parnell's character. And uh, he's just this quack doctor that uh, Tracy Jordan uses. 
Um, he, he is so funny. And kind of the, the joke of his character was that Tracy was having some sort of psychotic episode or something. And he says, you know, I want Dr. Spaceman, Dr. Spaceman. <laughs> and they're like, oh, you know, he's losing it. And of course, it's Dr. Spachemin. It's, it's spelt out like Spaceman. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> it, uh, he's a, a reoccurring character here and there. It's very, very funny. So we then cut to Jack. He's helping Liz recover from this assault that she just experienced. And Jenna runs up to the two of them, telling them they got a boogie. <laughs> As in, they got to get out of there immediately. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't her fault he drank the champagne, but uh, she wouldn't want to be caught dead anywhere near there. No, no. Yeah. So back at Gerhardt's table, Tomas makes the sad announcement to the attendees that the Habsburg line has now ended, and everyone can pick up their gift bags at the coat check. <laughs> Very <a> strange end. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so back at 30 Rock now, Pete's waiting by the elevators to go home. Uh, Tracy and his entourage are also ready to leave, and as they walk by, Tracy tells Pete that what he did was very inspiring, and he is strong now. And Tracy and his entire entourage fill the elevator, and Pete decides to take the stairs instead. And we see uh, Kenneth in there, and I just love the line where one of the ladies looks at Kenneth and says, You look like a baby! <laughs> Kenneth's face as the door shuts is priceless <laughs> too. He has no idea what to make of that. He's very nervous. <laughs> Probably rightfully so. <laughs> so we cut back to Liz's apartment building where Jack, you know, accompanies her home. And Liz thanks Jack for a nice evening, even though his friend died. But Jack reveals to Liz that when Gerhardt was born, the doctor told his mother and cousin that he would either live for 15 minutes or 100 years. And he proved them all wrong. <laughs> this is so strange. <laughs> yeah, yeah it took me a second to catch on to that yeah <laughs> very disturbing background for this character <laughs> poor Gerhardt <laughs> killed by grapes so as Liz opens the door to her apartment Jack walks right in and, and laughs to himself about how satisfying it was to see Bianca's face just before she choked Liz and even Liz admits it was pretty good <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. poor Liz oh I know and Jack thanks Liz for showing him that he can have a good time with a woman his own age. <laughs> Liz reminds him that she is 12 years younger than him. So he replies, a woman your age then. <laughs> then there's this awkward silent moment. They kind of stare at each other for a moment. And Jack slowly puts his hands around Liz's neck. And Liz tells Jack to wait. You know, thinking that he is about to lean in to kiss her, but in actuality, he is taking back that diamond necklace that he lent her for the evening. <laughs> yeah, which is kind of a jerky thing. I mean, <laughs> if you give something to somebody, unless you say it's being lent, was it specifically lent? I, I don't think he mentions it, but, you know, for a guy like Jack Donaghy, he's like, he's he has these huge diamonds. I, I think it's pretty much implied that was not going to be a gift. That, that's how I saw it. I can't imagine Liz thought she'd get away with uh, thousands upon thousands of dollars worth of diamonds. That's true. <laughs> but uh, Liz reveals, yeah, she she thought something else was just about to happen. Jack scoffs. He's like, good Lord, Lemon, let it go. That's never going to happen. <laughs> and not to spoil anything for anybody that hasn't seen the series, but it doesn't happen. And that's that's a good thing. Like I yeah. said before, I don't I don't think these characters would be good for each other anyway. And... 
that will they won't they tension that that works for other shows you know that that uh, like moonlighting and other shows that you have probably never seen ever lily but uh you know it, it doesn't work for these characters yeah. and it well, was like never a part of the dynamic the office had that will they won't they with pam and jim for a few seasons yeah and and we knew it was set up that those characters were meant to be together right and that was part of like what had us watching is like oh you know they're so close to you know being together and then they're not and that's understandable but these characters no they're they're meant to be foils for each other and and good friends and to play off of each other for comedic purposes and yeah that's that's the way it should end up being and it does which is nice so as jack walks out he then recites a list of all of the types of women he has been with in his life <laughs> including martha stewart and her daughter <laughs> yes Yes, very disturbing. And, and like, as he has to tell Liz about all these women, and, and he even like as he goes out, he decides to even open the door and come back in to uh, to reveal the extra names like Martha Stewart, her daughter. <laughs> yeah, and then it fades to black as uh, um, Liz just goes, "Ugh, gross." <laughs> <laughs> just a great ending to the episode. Oh, perfect. So, Lily, what did you think about Thirty Rock? Now. Watching it for the first time for this uh, for this episode of the podcast, would you watch it again? What What'd you think of it? Oh yeah, absolutely. Because I liked the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt so much, and it's pretty much the same thing, just in a different package. Yeah. Um, it's great. I definitely, it's on my list of shows to watch. And it, all seven seasons are on Netflix. Oh yeah, I'm gonna go right back. They're also on Hulu. Oh great! So they're pretty much available for everybody with streaming services. Yeah, I, I absolutely love this show. Uh, it took me a little while to get into it. I probably was on board by the third season and then had to go back and I, I got some of the DVD sets, you know, on Black Friday and stuff. And uh, it's just such a great show. You could see why it won so many Emmys, why it had so many nominations. And when you think of the best sitcoms of all time, you can see why it's definitely up there. It's, uh, it, it's hard to believe NBC... You know, they had must-see TV back in the 90s with Frasier and Seinfeld and Friends. And, you know, they had such a great block. And then kind of not much going on. And then all of a sudden, they had Community. They had Parks and Rec. They had The Office. And they had 30 Rock. They had all four of those shows all airing together in one block. And just, like, so amazing. This was such a great time for NBC comedies. And uh, that's basically what kind of got me into it. I was watching The Office from the beginning. You know, eventually I was like, all right, I'll stick around and watch 30 Rock now that I'm hearing all these great things about it. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it's such a great show. I recommend to everybody. If you haven't seen it for some reason, please uh, definitely watch it and you will not be disappointed. Absolutely. It's just one of those, it's like one of the classics that you have to watch and there's no excuse for not watching it. Yeah, it's my I agree. professional opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that'll pretty much do it for this episode of Hitting Play. As always, you can email us with your comments, suggestions, your thoughts about the show, whatever you get for us at hittingplayshow at gmail.com, or you can talk to us on Twitter at Hitting Play. Now, Lily, do you have anything you want to plug? Um, I'll just plug my Twitter for now. Uh, that would be lilypushin22 is the handle. Um, and I will be tweeting a link to a website that is in development currently uh, that will be uh, showcasing some of the stuff that I've been working on in school uh, while I've been absent from the podcast. So keep an eye out for that. Very cool. Look forward to seeing it. Why, thank you. <laughs> 
I'm on Twitter as well. My name there is at MC and Friends. You can follow me there. I am also on Vine. There I do little flip page cartoons and humorous animations. There my name is also MC and Friends. So you can follow me there. Check my stuff out. Uh, if you listen to us on iTunes, please subscribe and leave us a five-star review. It definitely helps us out. And if you do, you will get a shout-out on the show, and we try to be creative with those. For Android users, we are also available to stream and or download on Stitcher. And we can now be found on TuneIn Radio and coming soon to Google Play. So look for us on those platforms. Yeah. Especially if you don't like Apple, which I know a lot of people don't. Yeah, we're everywhere, man. Well, we have been Lily and Scott, and this has been Hitting Play. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, Scott. Poop. Monkey butt. Hmm? What? No, you're a good friend. <laughs> <laughs>